0: Hello everyone, and welcome to the 320 Club Podcast. Why is it called the 320 Club? Well, 420 was already taken and happy hour is happening somewhere else. This series of drams was recorded immediately after episode 42. If you thought 42 ended abruptly, think of this as a proper epilogue to that episode. Apologies for the clipping and the quality of the audio. Cognac had his audio selected to his laptop and not his headset. As well, my microphone had been having a few issues. We are lovingly calling this one so-called civilized. Uh, You'll figure out from the discussion why I decided to go with that name. Enjoy!
1: Follow a lead. Can you not follow a lead? I can, (laughs) I can. Yeah... (laughs) <laughs> i just thought that was amazing
0: <laughs> no questions <laughs> that was quite good <laughs> that was very good you do have a talent for wrapping up i love it <laughs> i got it his way too though yeah so it. no it's all good it's all good no okay, the wait, question what was, I... what, what was oh sorry what's your question so my question was: Do you think that communities are actually getting stronger as a result of the no. isolation bit? No? no, no, no. My community's turned into the fucking Soviet Union, man. I got I got neighbors
2: snitching on neighbors because someone's father-in-law lent them a chainsaw to cut up the tree that fell down in their backyard, and they oh, both they got are a thousand- snitching on each other. Oh, are they ever? So like, really? I live in a small like I live in a my street like has a roundabout at the end that goes back out towards the street that goes back out towards a normal road and uh, someone's father-in-law came over two doors down from me to lend him a chainsaw. Literally just walked up and was, like taught him how to use it, and the guy was cutting wood in
0: his backyard, and the cops
2: came and gave him a ticket because one of the neighbors called it in.
0: Wow. That is some fucking... That's some fucking Gestapo-type shit right there. And,
1: no, but that's the reason why I left uh, suburbia. is because that. Our, I lived in a cul-de-sac, too. I was at the 9 o'clock position, and it's like... Everybody was always looking and trying to figure out what you're doing in your garage. Like, you throw stuff, you throw garbage out. They'd be like, what's in your garbage? Why does it look so big today? Oh, really? Oh, it was brutal. And so when my daughter was, my daughter got sick, uh, my mother-in-law came in to help us look after her. And she befriended one of the neighbors. And my mother-in-law has no no sense of boundaries. So she just yammered, and even like a year later, she's still, what about all, you know, I, I heard you hurt your back. I'm like, how would you know I hurt my back? Well, so-and-so told me a year ago, mm, yeah, that's why she's not around anymore. I dealt with that. <laughs> what did you
0: whack her? <laughs>
1: dealt with that problem. <laughs>
0: that's interesting because we're i don't know the the conversation that i was having last night is that people are spending more time with their families they're having more meaningful relationships in in their families and and it seems like people are waving at each other more at our street like they're kind of coming outside and nobody's like coming any close to anybody else but like People are getting out of each other's way. And this is in Oshawa, Ontario, by so the way. So I live,
2: I live in a semi-detached, right? Um, and Quebec City, you generally follow the Toronto rules of I have no idea who my neighbor is. So I've lived next to the same dude since I moved here in summer of 2018. I met him like a month ago. Like I, I now know what his name is. Wow. And even today we were sat like, I, cause we were both out on our decks talking to each other. So then I went and said, he has like a big sectional thing. And we sat on like the two furthest possible corners of his sac- of his sectional, just chatting. And like his wife got a text from somebody being like, do you have guests over? And she's like, Oh my God, you have to go back to your side of the, of the fence.
0: Wow. <laughs> Like I've always and made it a, a, a point fence. of pride. I, I've always made it a point of pride even well before this whole Corona thing was going on of like getting to know my neighbor, but like not too personally. I'm just like, I would, I would just do things that would, um, help build a neighbor style relationship. Like if we shared a lawn, cause I was mostly living in semis, um, if we shared a lawn, I would cut the whole grass, not just my fucking half where my property line ends, right? Uh, see, like, him
2: and I, I were good at that. We never spoke to each other, but one of us would cut the lawn and then like four days later, the other one would. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. OK, well, you just did it. It was just an unspoken yeah. agreement. Well, that's, there's well, nothing I'm, wrong. With that. I'm out here,
2: so I might as well fucking do
0: it. Yeah. Like it's it's kind of a dick move if you don't do that, I suppose. But then there's other things like every once in a while in the winter when the snow got high, I would go and I'd shovel my neighbor's driveway just because like I know they got kids or they got other things or they got a, they, you know, like it just if I'm already out here, I'm getting a good workout. I'm doing it partially for myself because I think it's it's good physical fitness type shit but it's also just good neighborly shit and i thought that was i also subscribed to the idea of if somebody moves in next to you you know bring them a bottle of wine or something like that or you know a, a home-cooked meal and like you give it to them and it's like hey welcome to the neighborhood i just i like that idea i like being a good steward of my local neighborhood i don't know if i'm alone in that um
2: Well, I like, so my neighbor here, like we, you know, part of it is like I cut the lawn, he cut the lawn. So now it's different because we know each other. But like before this, it was like also like the unspoken, like if he had a party until three in the morning on a Saturday or I did, neither of us was going to say anything like whatever, man, like it's Saturday. You do you like I think I texted him once and asked him to turn the bass down and he did the (laughs) same. But both of us were having a party on like a Thursday night because we were both off for the week or whatever. Right. Um, and, and and that's the kind of, like, thing you... You want to maintain a cordial relationship with your neighbors, but, like, as... Well, you might not know, rocks because you're not from, like, the actual kind of heart of the city, but, like, as a Toronto kid, like, you just... You don't even know who your neighbor is, and, and it's best that way. Like, you know what I mean? You just don't know them.
0: Well, I understand the concept of the more... Uh, the more like density and the densely packed a city is the less people actually know each other. Like you take a city like New York or Toronto or something like that, people like the social solidarity within a city is super low compared to that of like a rural community. Right. That's just, that's just straight up science.
1: (laughs) Well, I think (laughs) you like that. (laughs) Well, there's another dynamic to it. So, one is is like a densely populated city, you have greater access to services and there's a lot more people providing services to you, right? So you want a lawn care, there's a chance there's a lawn care guide three doors down from you and you just call that lawn care company and they're going to come and take care of your, your lawn if you have a lawn in New York. Um,
0: you can afford it beyond your ob- obnoxious rent.
1: But I mean, in the country, it's a little different. So... Like I can't get a pizza delivered.
0: You can't so. get a pizza delivered.
1: Where do you no. live? In fucking 1925?
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's a, he's about to get into a, a Model T and drive around the countryside like Tom Hanks in Road Trip addiction. Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, but I, no, no, I, I'm being facetious, but I do understand. That. I know, I, I but let I me mean, I mean, outside the city as well. So, so let me finish my point, though. The, the The point is that the neighbors become that support network. So, one in in a great in a great city where high density, you have high availability services. You use money to sub uh, subsidize that benevolence that you look for. Uh, outside the city, you're looking. Your friends are that service. So, my neighbors, if the tree falls over. They're like, yeah, but here's a few bucks. Uh, could you take care of this for me? Or could you, uh, I have this big problem I need you to look after. Or there's an emergency. Can you take care of it? Because it's faster to call the neighbor than is to uh, to get a service in and order a yeah. pizza.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. That's, that's valid. But I, I try and adopt the same thing even in a suburb. You know, it was kind of a... You know, I do a lot of stuff for. I, I would do a lot of stuff for my neighbor, like just just standard upkeep of the property type shit. But also, it was there was a give and take with that too. It's like, hey, can you watch our dog because we have to go to the hospital with our kid who's coughing and you know they had a sudden uh, sudden like you know illness that just came out as he was sleeping or something like that. That happened. This is well before coronavirus, but like our our neighbor was like johnny on the spot able to help us out little things like it's just the little things like that it was like the idea of it being preparation meets opportunity right
1: yeah but like there's there's a a side there's additional benefits here too so my name my neighbors if if i want to borrow a tractor they'd be like yeah sure here are the keys they said when when you're done there i just need i need help with this so it becomes a <clears throat> almost like a bartering system. It's like we're it's, it's you know favor for favor. We're helping each other out, and we just, we look after each other, um, I never have to worry about people breaking into my house because the old lady on my street she tells me everything that goes on. You know that employee she does this, hmm. <laughs> so always watching. Oh, like a Polish play.
2: security system. The the babushkas hanging off the balconies. Yeah.
1: Yeah, she calls me this matter. Where, where are you home right now? Because this is going on. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. So you know, it's uh, I it, hate it's that. It's very. It, but no, but the thing is, my dogs will run away, and then they'll magically come back. <laughs> it's because you feed so, them, bro. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> people will actually, they'll they'll go down to the waterfront, in Lake Ontario, and the people that own the different properties will bring them back for me. <laughs> Wow. Anytime you want to come and visit, I'm like, sure.
2: I have a sure. I, I had a I had a cat shit on my deck and I punted it.
0: <laughs> like a football? <laughs> yep. Well like foot,
2: though.
1: I'm not an animal abuser. <laughs> Remember when I said about class? I don't know who owned it. I don't
0: care. <laughs> Somebody call Peta. <laughs> there's no Chinese restaurant near
2: me, so I don't know where the fuck it came from. <laughs> oh, no wait, Those are bats. Those are bats. I was one letter off. One letter off.
0: So, so do you think there's a correlation between uh, when laws are enacted? Like, for example, you know, social distancing. They're not laws, but it's is it yeah, a they law? Are. They are laws so, yeah. now. Yes, if they're
2: fines, are a law. Yeah.
0: Oh, so they're uh, violent. Okay, <clears throat> okay. So, is there a correlation between that and uh, the human nature aspect of ratting other people out? Because, like, we saw the same thing uh, during. They like one of the things that they found out. There was a documentary about it years and years ago about the Gestapo. They found they didn't logistically have enough people to be able to round up Jews. Um, to take them off to camp, to the death camps, and so what they relied upon was a like a call-in system yeah, for like people Prime to Stoppers. rat other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've had it for so, years. Yeah, and then the same thing happened in the Soviet Union. Soviet people Union was ratting ratting each the KGB, other unit.
2: KGB couldn't possibly watch everybody. They, right. would just, they would just rely. So, so what it was though, and 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 my concern in this, and and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that. Uh, we're becoming totalitarian. Um, It's a temporary measure, hopefully. Um, The um, citizens rights watchdogs have already been enacted in cities like Ottawa, where they say the police are overstepping their bounds, much like when they changed how uh, drinking and driving works in Ontario. Um, And Kingston police were breathalyzing people in bars and saying, you better not drive home, or like that was a big problem as well. Um, The problem is, historically speaking, and as a student of history, historically speaking, the more you empower the agents of the state to enforce things um, without necessarily the same protections to the victims, I get it. It's frustrating when someone gets off on a technicality in court when they clearly did it, but those systems are there for a reason, and they're there to protect your average citizen from wanton prosecution. Um, so the, the concern is that this uh, becomes too much of a habit for the police, that they become too, you know, we, we talk about stop and search in, in, uh, in New York and stuff for minorities, right? So the concern is this is it becomes targeted, it becomes an excuse and it becomes an easy thing to do, uh, which is already proving to be the case. Quebec has issued over $5 million of fines since this began.
1: No way. $5 million in fines. Wait, 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 wait. I figured it out. That's how they're paying for this, the, the aid. <laughs>
2: yeah. The, yeah. They're, well,
1: that, that, well, they're finally trying to tell
2: Alberta to stuff it by giving Alberta money somehow. But, um, you know, $5 million in fines already. Um, is any of it really public safety related? It's incredibly hard to say. And this was the same in the USSR and in... To a limited degree, Nazi Germany, but not truly. Um, when you have an invisible enemy, it's easy for people to turn on each other, right? They're not doing exactly yeah. what the state—they're not doing exactly what the state told them to do. Therefore, they're
1: <clears> wrong. That—that's the key there's word: in, of, in, invisible lots, there's enemy. There's lots of that. There's lots of. That. There's lots of that. Like you can go through history. You can, you can go into McCarthyism. You can go into the witch yeah, hunts. 100% yeah, 100% McCarthyism.
2: Into, 100% the RCMP spent years and millions of dollars investigating for communists and homosexuals at universities in Canada. Yeah,
1: oh, I never I, came up so with anything. I mean, so it, it just people are afraid, and if we we just focus on what people aren't doing right, let's. Uh, that, that only goes so far. We, we need to endorse what seems to be working. 100% we do. That. So there was,
2: a, there was a guy here that actually the police um, let him off with the fine. They, they didn't give him the fine. But they were going to fine him because he was going around to um, old people's houses in his community and, like, leaving them home-cooked meals. He wasn't opening the door. He would just leave it at, like, the doorstep. And knock on the door to tell him it was there. And then he would leave and they'd take their meal and carry on. And someone called him in. Now the cops, not being retarded, were like, well, actually he's not doing anything wrong. But, like, you know, we don't focus on the good. That guy never really made the news.
0: Hmm. Locally he did, but not... But, I mean, it it goes back to a point, like, that... This is an aspect of human nature that we have to understand about ourselves because we turn, we turn on each other incredibly quickly, so quickly. Like, it just happens like that. It's so quick. Like, it's, it's,
2: it's like And as much as I know you love bringing them up and I hate when you do this. Um, Jordan Peterson did that, you know, famously in class, he would be like, would you ever be a Nazi prison guard? Yes, you would.
0: You kind totally of like, could. And
2: he, and he would go through that whole, you know, leaps of logic that makes you get there. Well, like, would you ever, would you ever rat your neighbors out to the KGB? Well, it turns out in Canada, most people probably would because yeah. they're ratting people out to the cops now. Yeah. And uh, you I just say, all you have not to not do, all you have to do, quality. all you have to do is replace um, an invisible illness or a potential uh, a, a pandemic with. You know the threat of capitalism, which is which was bred into these people as a national threat to their existence.
0: Whiskey, you I got something po- to
1: say? Political climate plays into this, like you. So, the, the Nazi prison guard, I would agree with you because conscription is, is a mandatory thing, <laughs> yeah, and the problem is you can really do about it, yeah. Hmm. So, runaways doesn't really work, um, but the point being is also political climate, so you can have popular rules and you can have unpopular ones if they're unpopular uh it tends not to get reported like traditional marijuana use come on like half the, nobody if cares you smelled, if you smell someone cutting the lawn you just let them cut the lawn um it, so like it's, it's hard to say i think it's, it's much more fluid than that and i, th- I think if we focus on the, the really nasty parts of human nature we will get lots of stories like that you know why because all the people that are law-abiding are in their fucking house doing nothing. <laughs> so yeah, true. Or so, reporting like the, neighbors. Yeah, but that's only one part. That's again, that's only one part. That dynamic of it. Like you can, you got your one house can see mine. That's it. Mm-hmm. Everything else is behind trees. Um, but let's like go through this. The, uh, we don't exercise. all live in the twenties, bro. Yeah, come on. Um, <laughs> but I gotta, I gotta sign off here, guys. I got some. Uh, Oh, ten fifteen. Yeah, I gotta get going. Okay, no. Uh, it's uh, it was nice talking to you guys. Talked a bit. Yeah. Cheers, whiskey. Bye.
0: That's right, folks. More classical. I'm gonna indulge myself somewhat more than normal because the music piece chosen for this selection or for this dram is very dear to me is it's something i've actually been growing up with for over 15 years Um, so this piece is called the march to the scaffold and it is the fourth of five movements in hector Berlioz's Symphonie fantastique the symphony as a whole is a fascinating story involving an obsession it involves opium and the rapid descent into madness by our protagonist this particular movement provides the music for a trial and execution that takes place in our main character's head and follows with the descent into hell, reminiscent of a Hieronymus Bosch painting or Dante's Inferno. There's actually a wonderful write up about the whole story in a blog that I've linked in the description. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. The, uh, the key thing to note is the, uh, the idea of the ide fixe. It's, uh, it's kind of like, you know, when you have a fixation or a, an obsession in your head. Uh, and you can't shake it um well that's represented musically here by a solo clarinetist who represents like the true love of the object of love of the uh, of the protagonist you'll hear it uh, when it comes up anyway don't forget to like and subscribe our podcast wherever you get your weekly dose of whiskey and rocks whether it's stitcher itunes google play spotify i'm actually just doing this off the top of my head because i didn't write it down so uh yeah i uh, hope you guys are enjoying the podcast hope the uh, music's uh, if you're enjoying the music if not like you can tune out or you can actually just send us a message and let us know hey put on something else we don't want to hear tell us a story about something else other than classical music because i got i got all kinds of musical stories that i think is uh, it's kind of cool to just have as a side thing to the uh, to the recordings that we we publish if you want to hear about Jimi hendrix and And Paul McCartney or or Charlie Parker looking for a fix on a train as it's heading towards Kansas. Uh, There's all kinds of crazy stuff out there. Anyway, thanks again for listening and stay tuned for more 320 Club.